Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Jumping with Jumi. I'm your host, Jumi, and I'm so happy you all are here again with me this week. Today, we are talking about wellness and healthy living from the perspective of food and fitness. We're going to be talking about how you can feel confident when it comes to selecting the foods and the supplements that you should and should not be eating. We're going to talk about how you can make modifications to your diet without compromising your culture and your preferences, which we know is so important in the African-American community. We're also going to talk about exercise. We're going to give you tips. We're going to bust myths. We're going to answer all your questions that you have about nutrition and exercise. So come on in, get comfortable, put a little wave emoji in the chat. Let me know where you're tuning in from and let's get ready to have a good time. Because if you didn't know, today is also my special wellness giveaway episode. You have the chance to win one of five very incredible wellness prize packages, and you have to stick with me throughout this entire show in order to do just that. So what's going to happen is you're going to have to answer questions throughout the show. I'm going to give you a question to answer. It's very simple, nothing too crazy, just to get you engaged and get everybody going throughout the entire show. So if you're ready, let's kick off with one of our first questions. So the first wellness giveaway question is, if you could invite a celebrity to dinner, who would it be and what would you cook? I mean, we're talking about food today, so we might as well kick off with that, right? So if you can invite a celebrity to dinner, who would it be and what would you cook? And no, you can't say you're going to boil water, order out, whatever. It has to be somebody and you have to cook something. So let me know what that is. Put it in the chat. That's just one of five. That's just one of the three questions. You know, you have a chance to win one of five prize packages that include gift cards to have a spa day self-help motivational books, self-care wellness programs, acupuncture sessions, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I've got so much more for you all. So if you put your answer in the chat, I'd love to introduce our first guest. Our guest says that she can convert anybody who doesn't like salads, like myself, hence her brand, That Salad Lady. She has a PhD in kinesiology, nutrition, and rehabilitation. She has a master's in clinical and applied kinesiology, no, sorry, a master's in clinical and applied exercise physiology, and she is a certified massage therapist. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Nina Cherie Franklin. Hey. Hey, <laughs> Nina, how are you? I am fine. I'm fine. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you for joining us to today's show. So, that salad lady, converter of non-salad eaters like myself, really? <laughs> so I didn't make a salad uh-huh. for dinner because my family requested red beans and rice. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been here with a salad. Oh, but no, yes, <laughs> I can convert anyone. I stand by it. And Jumi, I am, you can hold me by it. I am. I am because I, I don't <laughs> not eat salads. Trust me. Anybody that goes out to eat with me, I'll eat everything on the plate except for a salad, <laughs> literally everything. I'm telling you, everyone says that. I, I can convert the best of them. All right, well, I'll be looking forward to that. Well, let's jump right in. Let's get the viewers to get a little, get to know a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you and your journey to becoming this global wellness expert and healthy living coach. Well, uh, it's an interesting journey. Like everyone out here, I have my own story that has shaped my relationship with wellness. So I'm a healthy living coach with a twist. And one of the big parts of that is I spent many, many years in an academic environment as a scientist. But I don't, I always say as a coach, it's really not the educational background you put down and even the 20 years experience that I have. It's really the personal experiences that make people feel comfortable enough to actually bring me in their world when it comes to coaching. Um, a lot of people uh, don't know about, a lot of people I guess who don't follow me would know, but I actually uh, grew up in a poverty situation. And I mean, extreme poverty. I've been homeless. I lost my home and everything I own to a fire. Uh, when I was a teenager, uh, I've battled every kind of uh, like major barrier you can imagine. So it's not just like a silver spoon girl. I'm not a silver spoon girl. I suffer through miscarriages, six to be exact, uh, anxiety, depression, fibroids, you name it. And really what I've learned throughout my years is really how how wellness has to become you. 
you have to really shape what wellness means to you. Uh, I'll say 10, 10 years ago, wellness for me was, I oh, 10, goodness, time has passed. I say like 15 years ago. Uh, wellness for me was all about, um, can you still see me? Because I lost me. Yeah, I can see you. No. Okay, good. You lost. I lost me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, wellness was about running all the time. I've ha I've done pretty much every eating style you can imagine, not because I was trying to lose weight, but because I was trying to give meaningful advice and information to my clients. But everything was very extreme. But now as a wife and a mother and having gone through everything I've gone through, I'm so laissez-faire with wellness. And for me, it's more about happiness. And that's one of the things that, you know, shape my brand and everything. As mm. far as the salads go, well, that's been a part of my journey for many, many years. And basically over the years, I've found that salads are really like a personality, if you will. You know, you can make a salad to kind of shape it just like wellness to what you want it to be. So, so every layer, go ahead. Uh, yeah, because I know that you're getting there with like, what are the layers? There are layers of wellness. Yeah, so that yes. there are you no know, multiple layers, ingredients in a salad. So, what Absolutely. are the multiple layers of wellness? So, depending on your source, you know, they can vary. It's not just physical wellness, which is what we all know about. Physical wellness is the nutrition and it is the physical activity, but mm -hmm. there's mental, emotional wellness, there's financial wellness, spiritual wellness. There's even a component of wellness that deals with the death, you know, the fact that we ultimately will die and actually, you know, living your best life to achieve that. And so there are many, many components of wellness, eight or nine, if you want to be exact, you know, depending on your source. But the important thing to know is that every single layer of wellness that exists, they interact just like a salad, ingredients in a salad interact. You know, you have your vegetables, you have your fats that help you absorb the nutrients within vegetables. You have your protein, that's your muscle building components. And even with salads, if you think about it that way, a salad can pretty much shape your real layers of wellness. You know, if you eat salads and you make them at home, it can influence your financial wellness <laughs> because you'll save money, you know? So it's just not about nutrition per se, you know, your emotional wellness, the foods you eat definitely influence, you know, how you feel emotionally. And so when you think about it that way, it, it really makes sense that layers of a salad represent layers of our wellness. I absolutely love that. And I think that it's so important to understand that there's so many layers of wellness. There's so many layers to us as individuals. So it only makes sense that there should be so many layers. Um, to absolutely. Wellness. So when it absolutely. comes to nutrition, I mean, we all have different nutritional needs, men, yes. women, mothers, single people, like there's everybody has a different nutritional need. What yes. are those differences and how can we determine what they are? What I will tell, yeah, no, that makes sense. I will tell you that uh, we all know, I mean, as women, nutritional needs are going to vary uh, with all the phases of life. Right. And I would dare say that we are so much more complex than men in a sense that, you know, Sorry, our, puberty, <laughs> our puberty is a little different. You know what I mean? We go through so much more in puberty. <laughs> and, you know, when we are in our childbearing years, whether or not we even choose to have children, our bodies right. are going through changes. If we don't have children, our bodies go through changes. As we reach menopause, that's a whole new set of changes. So over those phases, you really have to think about, okay, calcium is going to be more important as well. Calcium is important throughout life, but it's going to be very important, you know, as we age. And, you know, if you think about, uh, but if you think about nutrients like vitamin D as well, you need that vitamin D to absorb calcium. That's going to be important as we age and throughout life, but even more important. When you were young, I went backwards. I should have went young first. But when we're younger, you know, omega-3 fatty acids are very important. Protein mm -hmm. is very important. And I really want to talk about that in the case of being young because it wasn't as pronounced when I was young, which was a long time ago, mm -hmm. but it was very much, it, it is an issue now about women not eating enough, women dieting chronically from the time they're in high school, especially if they're athletes. And you talk about those deficiencies, specifically in women, mm -hmm. calcium deficiencies, protein yes. deficiencies. I want to They don't need enough fat. Yeah. You know? Can you so, please mm -hmm. talk about those? Because I know calcium and protein are huge, but calcium specifically yes. because of osteoporosis. Yes, absolutely. So, and, and if you think about calcium in general, we often just think about milk, right? right. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of African-Americans are lactose intolerant, if yes. you think about that. That has a whole kind of genetic evolutionary twist to it as to why. But the point is we are. But the good news is we can get calcium. We can get it from, believe it or not, soy foods, tofu mm-hmm. can be infused with calcium. We can get it from leafy greens. Although I will say that you'll hear a lot of people say leafy greens are rich in calcium, but this is a big one, especially for people who are just kind of taking that surface level information and saying, yeah, I eat plenty of leafy green vegetables, therefore I'm getting calcium. One of the important things with leafy greens is you actually have to absorb the calcium. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to one big one, which is, which is spinach, the body does, does not readily absorb that calcium as it would absorb it from dairy foods. So food pairing is big. So let's talk about that. how do you get that absorption to happen in your body? What are you pairing it with? And how does fasting or dieting impact that kind of absorption? Because I know that's bunch, huge. Everybody is doing some kind huge. of diet or fast or something. Right. A bunch of good questions. I Now, I am not. And let me repeat. I am very much for all styles of diet. But I will say that if you don't know what you're eliminating, if you're not aware on how to about how to make up for it, you can get some serious deficiencies here. Mm-hmm. And a big one is I'm going to say again, plant-based diets that do not include any sorts of proteins. Mm-hmm. And I say that because there's a very fine line. If you eat too much protein, meaning if you have a diet that's too dense in meat, it can actually disrupt the way your body absorbs calcium. This is this is weird. But if you eat the right amount of protein, then it strengthens your body's ability to absorb calcium, specifically from those green leafy vegetables, those non-meat sources. Now, this is not to say that you have to go eat a steak, even though red meat (laughs) does increase the absorption of calcium. And I'm going to give you a little side note. Red meat with leafy greens is a killer combination. Even for those people who don't eat red meat, it's just the truth. But so it I can does... continue to eat my goat meat with any kind of greens, and I'm good. Yes. yes. And if you think about it from the yes, if you think about it from I'm the so standpoint of food <laughs> pairing, you should be. But think about it from the standpoint of food pairing, right? What do we usually eat red meat with? Potatoes. Potatoes. Yes. Yeah, you know, starch. we always pair it, and that tastes good. Let's be real; it tastes good. Mm-hmm. But you have red meat and you don't have anything green on your plate, I mean half of your plate, now suddenly you're taking that goodness that's in that red meat and you're messing it up. Now it's not to say that you're not getting nourishment, but leafy greens complement any animal-based protein, especially red meat because leafy greens even help detoxify any potentially toxic components of red meat. A lot of people aren't aware of that either. A lot of people aren't. Okay, that is so important. And I think that it's one of those things that we don't really think about when it comes to the pairing, when it comes to what we should and should not eat. So we think that we can't eat something, we have to supplement it with like a vitamin or some other kind of supplement. What is your recommendation about that and those extra supplements? I'm going to tell you this. (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. Aside from like a daily multivitamin, just to make sure things are all good, most supplements, aren't necessary. You can get everything you need from whole foods. Now, deficiencies do exist. Don't get me wrong. And in some cases, and I will definitely say in the case of COVID, because there are a lot of people stocking up on calcium, on zinc, Mm -hmm. on vitamin C, you know, with COVID. So in special cases, uh, supplement intake is recommended. But this is something you do not, and I mean, you do not want to do without knowing if your deficiency actually exists. I don't mean Google diagnose deficiency. No, I want to tip on that. Yeah. Yes. How yes. You, you want to make sure this. Now, this is something where our beloved medical community can play a role. You can find out if you have certain deficiencies. And when you do have those deficiencies, you can get a recommendation for which supplement you should take. But like I said, other than a daily multivitamin, we spend a lot of money on supplements we don't need. And Mm -hmm. in some cases, especially in the cases of like the antioxidant vitamins, which you'll A, uh, vitamin C is pretty common. So I won't throw vitamin C in there, but vitamin A, vitamin E, selenium, zinc, you can overdo it on those. And in some cases, they can actually be toxic, especially if you take them in those mega doses. 
Mm, that's so important because I think we are inundated with medical, you know, commercials, advertisements that are always yes. these different things. If y'all are just joining us, we're talking with Nina Sheree Franklin, who is a healthy living coach and wellness expert. And we're talking about nutrition right now. And we're going to get into things about, you know, exercise as well. But she's just dropping so much knowledge already about what you can pair with your food to get the most out of your foods, the most nutrients out of your foods. And this is a wellness giveaway episode. And so for those of you who've been here, you know that if you have to, if you've answered the first question, you're one third of the way there. Now it's time for <laughs> our second question that is going to determine whether or not you get entered into this giveaway. So the second uh -oh. question is, <laughs> what is your biggest struggle when it comes to nutrition and or exercise? Again, put it in the chat. What is your biggest struggle when it comes to nutrition and or exercise? You know, this is the part where I really want us to kind of look and see what people's struggles are and touch yeah. on it, have a conversation about it. Let us know what your, you know, what your issues are. I know for me, I have a ton of allergies, you know, so it's mm. always really difficult for me to find the right foods and get the right nutrients. Um, and that has always been a thing. And I'm still struggling yeah. with it. So I, I love this. Oh, I wow. see Mary Burton has said, you know, being consistent. With oh, yeah. nutrition. What do you what do you yeah. say to that? And I see that's a common one. Yep. Being consistent yes. and motivated. That's a very common one. Mm -hmm. I will say when it comes to consistency, this is what we have. And I'm sorry, ladies. I have to say we have this problem. I think it's something that's genetically in us. We have to do this all or nothing thing. We mm -hmm. always go in. I am going to start this diet Monday and it's going <laughs> to be perfect. And I'm not going to make any mistakes. Up, oh, I made a mistake Wednesday. I quit next Monday. Mm. What we have to think about when it comes to consistency is two things. The first thing is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can make very subtle, tiny changes in the way you eat and you can improve you can improve your health. The second one is just do it every day and take one step at a time when you do it and baby steps to what you do. It doesn't have to be all or nothing and take those baby steps because small wins, small gains, I say small wins can lead to very, very big gains. Mm. Now, if you think about that for a second, think about, you know, the people who, and I'm sure the people are there who have a little coffee with their sugar in the morning, just change that. Mm. You know, that's a big, a small change that can lead to a big win. And also doing understanding what works for you and not really what they say works yes. because we're very quick to jump on the bandwagon every time something new starts oh that keto worked for her i'm going to do that too or one of the first things i noticed as a healthy living coach i don't know what this hate is for meat when everyone else starts talking about how bad it is now if yes. you want to uh follow a vegan diet for your own personal reasons you know that's different but when it comes to weight loss or if you just have this little baby goal that's short term or cosmetic in nature you know think about why you're doing what you're doing because that could really influence your consistency i personally have found that when you actually have a real goal, and I don't mean weight loss, it's a good goal, but it's not enough. It's just not enough of a goal. What are some good goals that somebody should have when it comes to nutrition and exercise? Because I think weight loss is the first thing that comes to everybody's mind. It's, yes, it's so easy. I tell people all the time, think about why you're really doing it. Now, I'm not going to lie. If you're legit doing it because you want to be a sexy 50-year-old, that's fine. Be realistic. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I have to say, there's a little bit of that goal in me too. I, I want to be hot over the years. I want to look like Ernestine Shepard, you know, when I'm in my age. If you, so if you have a goal like that, you know, that's okay. Own it. But know that you're going to need little short-term baby goals to kind of keep you satisfied because we love rewards. Women love gold stars. And you want to have those little gold star goals. So start off saying, you know, I want my cholesterol profile to look good. Mm -hmm. You know, I want my blood pressure to be at this rate. I have so many clients, you wouldn't believe the simplest reason they've come to me is because for years and years, they've been so concerned with weight loss. Other things have, you know, kind of came in. I had mm -hmm. one in particular say, I just realized I'm too tired to deal with my kids. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be tired anymore. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and you can find that the food you eat or the lack of exercise and even physical activity can influence the way you feel. So I don't want to give people a specific goal and call it a good or bad goal, but I encourage people to write down what life really means to you and mm. how you weight, if you have that weight, not just you want to lose it to look good, but how is it actually influencing the way you feel and the way you move? And those goals can help you be motivated because Absolutely. getting started is the first struggle. It's it just like, how do, I, how do I start? Yes. If you ask me, if, if anyone ever asked me, you know, what's the first thing I should do when it comes mm -hmm. to exercise and nutrition? I always say start mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Start today. You can start today. You can start by swapping something that isn't good for you and putting it in something that is good for you. And that could be anything. And it means different things to different people. Okay. So this brings it to a good point. So you're talking about swapping things out, right? Let's swap. So we talked about <laughs> modifications that we can do culturally. You know, we like certain things, but maybe they're not. Yeah. So let's do a little rapid fire real quick. You ready? All right. Yeah, right. I'm ready. So, we eat a lot of white rice. What can we swap that out ah, for? Quinoa. Quinoa. All right. Anything else? <laughs> wild rice. Okay. Wild Real brown rice. Real brown rice. I don't mean the stuff that they put a little dye on, the white rice with the dye on it, but real brown rice. <laughs> real rice. <laughs> All right. Oh, I forgot. Depending on what it is, you can do cauliflower as well. Oh, cauliflower rice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Vegetable oil. Olive oil. Avocado oil. Even coconut oil. Coconut oil. Okay. Um, anything fried. Fried plantains. Fried chicken. Plantains. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> um, fried chicken. So look, I'm gonna say something to you. And this is um this is people think just because I'm who I am that I don't like fried chicken. I right. do. This is a few things I tell people. You can do it two ways. You can eat baked chicken most of the time, right? Or you can, you, everybody's using air fryers. I'm not a fan of them, don't get me. I mean, it's just, they don't, they don't, they don't. When I want fried chicken, I want fried chicken. That's just kind of how I am. Right. So you can do the alternative, but even consider when you do your fried chicken, mm -hmm. don't do it all the time and don't do it so much. Sometimes when I was young, my mother used to always tell me when we were young, we were so poor that meat was like a delicacy. It just wasn't in every meat. So if you think about having fried chicken on a Sunday, that's not so bad. It's when fried chicken becomes a part of every single meal. Okay. So that's a hard swap because there's not too much that could trump fried chicken. I'm sorry. That was hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's something we love. So I was like, can we swap it? I mean, we love it. We can, swap it. We can yeah, we can in some cases, it's so cliche to say moderation, but in many cases it is. But there's always grilled chicken, there's always oven baked chicken, and you can even oven fried chicken. You know, mm -hmm. there are ways to do it. And I do it most of the time. I eat fried chicken probably four times a year. It's okay. so rare in my house that my family calls it special chicken. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it must be a holiday or something. Because, here, okay, this is the funny one for me. I can't stand where it smells in my wall. So I definitely, you know what I'm saying. You go to some people's house, it just smells like chicken. <laughs> I just, you know, so that right there is, you know, when we talk about gold, I don't want my house to smell like chicken. So I don't eat fried chicken all the time. <laughs> Got it. So it's, mod it's modifications it's yes. occasionally. It's not every single time. Exactly. Okay. So somebody brought up a good point. So Barbie Joy says something about intermittent fasting and how she's gotten headaches from that. So Ooh. tell us about intermittent fasting because like, it can be very detrimental if it's not done properly, but there's also not a lot of real guidance on how to fast intermittently. So tell us a little bit more about that. So I did something fun uh, twice within the course of two years. I had an intermittent fasting challenge. And the reason I had the intermittent fasting challenge is because I personally, before intermittent fasting even had a name, I started following that regimen. Mm -hmm. I started because I had friends who were following Ramadan. And I just wanted to see if I could do it. Okay. And that is a form of intermittent fasting. And mm -hmm. so I was like, let me just see if I could do it. You know, and I did it for a month. And I list literally un, un like it was accident. I lost 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Then I was like, let me keep doing it. Now, that was 2012. I still do it. I still eat wow. this way. I went through a pregnancy eating this way. 
I uh, nursed my son for 15 months eating this way. Let me tell you the key to intermittent fasting. Here we go, Log. Listen up. She's going to give me us tell you the key. It's the key. Eating. Eating. Huh? Anyone who has had an unsuccessful experience with intermittent fasting, 99% of the time, they're not eating enough. Oh, wow. And they're not eating the right foods. So let me go ahead and give you an example. Intermittent fasting, let's say you do the common one, which is an eight-hour window. Think about what you eat within that eight-hour window. Within that eight-hour window, I can tell you what I eat. I eat about six to seven servings of vegetables. I eat about two to four servings of fruit. I eat about three servings of meat or some kind of product, salmon, fish, uh, tuna, something, you know, uh, or even a, a, a beef or a chicken, but something, right? Mm -hmm. And I eat a couple of servings of grain, grains, maybe two wow. or three. And I eat a whole lot of healthy fat in eight hours. That's me personally, in eight wow. hours. I do it with a salad. I'm just saying salads make it real easy to do, y'all. I'm telling you, salads make it real. So all that stuff, <laughs> eat it up all through the eight hours. I'm saying that is not, that's a shameless plug. Right. That's the other ladies telling right. you how to do it. I'm telling you, that's how I started. I eat in the salad. But you don't have to eat salads to do that. Think about stir fries and chilies. You know, I'll give you a chili example. Think about what we generally put in a chili, right? We put beans in it. We put some tomatoes in it, depending on how we make it. We put some meat in it. But how often do you put every color bell, bell pepper in it and throw green onions in it mm -hmm. and throw white onions in it and mm -hmm. throw corn in it and throw mm -hmm. different color beans in it? You can make a chili a full meal across the color spectrum, but it's all about the way you think. Intermittent fasting takes some creativity. That's mm. where dedication comes into play. That's why it's not a diet. Because if you're trying to do intermittent fasting and say, you know, I'm going to do this intermittent fasting regimen and lose weight and you sit there and not eat anything, it's not going to work. That's not how it yeah. works. Your body, and this is, I want you to take this, write it down and highlight it. Your body does not care how many meals you eat, how smaller, how smaller, large those meals are or even the time of day you eat them, which includes eating late in some cases. What your body cares about is that you're eating enough nutrients. So you're eating enough food to get your nutrients and that you're meeting without overshooting your daily energy that is calorie requirement. So the body doesn't care how it's done. So you don't have to do intermittent fasting for it to work. You just have to eat. And even outside of intermittent fasting, most diets fail because people don't eat enough. Okay. So that makes so much sense because our bodies need a certain number of calories. How yes. do we know how many calories our bodies need in order to create that schedule, that food schedule that says, okay, if I'm going to follow this lifestyle, intermittent fasting, or a particular diet mm -hmm. that I'm actually reaching my, calor my caloric intake goals. What is, how do we find that out? Who do we talk to? Where, where do we search for that information? Okay. I'm going to tell you the researcher in me cookie cutter statement, right? And then I'm going to tell you a more, I've been doing this for over 20 years. Here's the real deal statement. Okay. The first one is if you get a general, uh, uh, some, some sort of pyramid or plate, there are so many out I mean, here. But for, yeah, but there's so many, but for the most part, there's a greater good to all of them. I will say, because you can, all diets work <laughs> you know, if you follow them. Mm -hmm. But you can get something general like that and never count a calorie. Instead of counting calories, focus on getting those nutrients. So mm -hmm. if you notice, I was able to tell you how much of what I eat. Mm -hmm. I, haven't counted, I haven't counted a calorie personally in over five years, and none of my clients count calories. It's Once again, we're talking about consistency and lifestyle. That can get really like irritating after mm -hmm. a while to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on the foods you eat, Focus on the food groups you eat. You'll never have to count a calorie because here's the deal. Your body needs nutrients. When you have the right amount of nutrients, your body turns into a machine. So if you eat the right amount of fat, it'll fuel fat burning. If you eat the right amount of protein, it'll make sure that you're still burning fat. If you eat a moderate amount of carbs. You don't have to eliminate them, but if you keep your portions under control, they won't hinder you like they can if you eat too much of them. So mm -hmm. back to so so if you think of a general pyramid, what does it say? You know about x amount of servings of vegetables, right. x amount right. of servings of fruit. Mm -hmm. Don't just do this. Give it a try, especially if you're intermittent fasting. 
just count the portions or, you know, proper serving sizes, count those and just count your nutrients and track them throughout the day. Or as far as your whole groups, I should say, I keep saying nutrients, but your whole food group and see what happens. See mm -hmm. what happens if you do that. Now I'm going to give you the, 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 the Nina way that I've been, you know, kind of be mindful of what mm -hmm. you eat. I don't want to sound cliche and just talk about mindful eating, but your body talks to you. Mm -hmm. So in combination with talk, you know, looking at some sort of tracking from a plate to see, there's actually a good athlete's plate that I love because it it's half full of green vegetables. I'll tell you what that is and get back to you. I forgot the exact name of it, mm -hmm. but it shows you that half your plate should be green vegetables. I really like that one because it puts vegetables, you know, at the forefront. But if you use something like that and then just get used to what it feels to eat to fullness, not to the glutton, you know, itis, but to fullness and you get to know it throughout the day, try eating at different times of day. See when you're the most hungry. There are honestly no real rules to this. Even if someone tells you there are or if there's a perfect that there's a perfect way, the perfect way is the way that works for you. Mm -hmm. I've had clients that said. I only want one meal a day and that's it. And you know what? I did that for four <laughs> years. I ate one big meal and I felt fine. You'll have another that says, you know, I really have to have like many small meals because I just don't feel right. Think about that. And here's another thing. I'll go back to that food pairing again. Food pairing is critical. Whenever you eat, write this down. Whenever you eat a carb, something sweet, uh, whether it's a carb like a fruit or even a carb like oatmeal, always have a fat or a protein with it. When you eat protein, always have a carb or a vegetable <laughs> with it. You know, make little things like that because what happens is, let's talk about in the state of, state of carbs. If you have a carb, and I'm sure you've heard spikes in blood sugar, digestion, mm -hmm. or fat, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. If you eat it with a fat, and or a protein, it slows the rate at which it's digested. So mm. we have to be strategic with our eating. And I'm telling you, I can usually pinpoint people's problems right away. All wow. I need is a sheet of paper showing me what you eat in a day. And I, if you're having trouble losing weight or just get working on a diet, you know, getting a diet to work for you, I can usually pinpoint a problem on just those food pairings, the fact you're not eating enough, and the fact that you're really focusing more on calories and less on nutrients. Because a little 100 calorie snack pack will never be more nutritious than a 200 calorie serving of walnuts. Wow. So you have to think like that. Right. So everybody listen up. She's telling y'all what to do. Like focus on the nutrients, not on the calories, because we've been taught to focus, like yes. to focus on calories. Yes, we, we have. get out of that mindset of that. It's all about the calories. It's all about it's that. So them. Think about the nutrients, y'all. Think about the yes. nutrients. Have a carb, protein, know what it is and yes. get that into your diet. So a couple questions. One, you know, certain people say, you know, you have breakfast at a certain time, always start your day with breakfast, you know, wow. <laughs> uh oh! Now I need to know what you think about this. That's my favorite. Do we need to start our days with breakfast? Do we need to have standard meals throughout the day? What Two is way answer this. yes? Okay. Breakfast means breaking the fast. That's what it means. So you, everyone needs to break the fast. Okay. When you break the fast is based on what works for you. You can break the fast at seven o'clock in the morning. You can break the fast at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day if you treat it like a notion, not a meal. That makes sense. Treat it like a notion, not a meal. Expand that a little bit. Breaking the fast. That's what breakfast literally means. Okay. When we go to sleep every night, our body is in a fasted state. Okay. Our bodies are burning fat at maximal efficiency because we don't have any food in our system. So think about that. So when you're fasting, which is why fasting works, right? You're burning fat stores. You're essentially burning the fat that you're trying to lose okay. when you're trying to lose weight. That's a fasted state. When you eat something, you break the fasted state. Mm. That makes sense? Yes, it does. So. Now, if you think about it, breakfast is the first meal of the day for people because they wake up, they eat something. Mm -hmm. That's breaking the fast. That's not a seven o'clock meal. That's breaking the fast. And okay. you can do that at any time. This is another big one. 
This is a little secret. I'm giving you some nuggets of wisdom that people pay me for. Listen, so y'all, y'all, y'all better be taking the notes. This is I'm giving you another one right here. Y'all when got here for break. another like 30 or so minutes. You better take it all <laughs> in. I'm I got my paper. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a big one. What do we usually break the fast with? Cereal, eggs, toast, something that's just not good, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. When you break the fast with a carb, carbs are the body's preferred energy source. Mm -hmm. So the car, look at carbs like easy energy. So the body does not want to burn fat. I will say that again. The body hates burning fat. It's the second source of energy. It makes the body tired. It has to go through all kinds of processes to get the fat to turn into the sugar to, to, to fuel what you do. Carbohydrates, you eat it, your body's like, up, oh, got what I need. You eat it, up, oh, got what I need. This is why diets like the ketogenic diets work because you never bring significant amount of carbs as opposed to having them in vegetables, you never really bring them in your diet. So what is your body doing? It's feasting on fat. Mm. So you're just losing weight and you keep losing it. Now, that's the same way intermittent fasting works. When you don't have any food, when you're extending your fast, because that's all you're doing. You're right. just extending your fast. What is it doing? It's feasting on the fat you're burning. So you're saying right now, Nina, I can't do that. I don't want to eat at 12 o'clock. I don't want to intermittent fast. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any of that. Here's what you do. What did I just tell you? Carbohydrates are quick energy. Proteins and fats are not. Mm -hmm. So what do you eat for breakfast? What do you think you eat for breakfast? So suddenly eggs is not a bad thing, but you eat eggs. And what did I say? Pair it with. You pair it with a leafy green. Egg, egg omelet with leafy green sounds great to me. That's a breakfast that's going to allow you to continue to feast on fat because it's not a carb. But the minute you bring that toast and jelly in there <laughs> or that biscuit, you know, the gravy is cool because it's fat. But no, no, no. If you bring that in there, just know that your body's like, shift up, go to, you know, no more fat burning. We're going to go ahead and use this energy. But mm. as long as you're not introducing that fat to your system, you're, or excuse me, those carbs to your system too early. You're going to burn more fat. That mm. makes sense. I hope that makes sense. No, that makes you. sense. I, I feel like people are going to need to come back and really watch it and hear what you're saying yeah. and then put it into practice in their kitchen. Because you can start, you can literally start by just not eating stereotypical breakfast. Yeah. I can't, I kid you not. So start by when those donuts are in the office, we haven't been in the office long and probably, people probably should have lost weight from that. I don't know because the donuts weren't in the office, but you know, all of that stereotypical food that's sitting there and quote breakfast food, mm -hmm. that's all the food you actually should avoid if you're trying to lose a significant amount of weight. Now, again, okay. moderation is good. But if you just want to eat breakfast, you eat what you want to do. Hey, you're all good. But if you're concerned about weight, that's that's probably not the way you want to break the fast mm -mm. at seven. I'm going to say break the fast at seven, because, again, you can break the fast at 12. You can break the fast at two. Jimmy, think about the people who work nights. I have a lot of these clients. Yeah. Think about the people who work nights. That's not fair. How right. are you going to tell me I have to eat at seven o'clock in the morning and I'm asleep? No. You know, that's not yeah. fair. So for a person who works at night, and this is really, this goes out to my nurses. This goes out to my shift workers. This goes out to those people who are working through various hours of the day, odd hours, non you know, stereotypical hours. Your mm -hmm. break the fast might be at six o'clock at night. Yes. So I want everybody watching to understand what Nina has been telling us today. Breakfast, what we've grown up knowing about, what we've been talking about all this time is not what it, not what we need it to be. It's literally what? Breaking the A fast. Notion. Breaking, A notion. Yes, of a notion of breaking the fast. Break yes. it with nutritious foods, not necessarily right. what is the typical foods. Nutritious yes. Not typical. So in addition to a egg omelet, what would be another yeah. good breakfast item or like breakfast plus a midday snack? Yes, you're going to get, I'm going to be honest with you. Some people plain old can't do the all protein stuff. But the little trick here is if you're going to have your oatmeal, if you're going to have your yogurt, and again, depending on the yogurt. So Greek yogurt is a very good yogurt. Um, as far as the sugar goes compared to other yogurts, but it does have some in it, 
even okay. the plain does have a little sugar in it. A little sugar don't hurt nobody, but Thank the key you. is pairing it. It's pairing it. I, I, I keep going back to that pairing. Yes. You know, when you have your oatmeal, put some nuts in it, throw mm. some chia seeds in it. And, and banana, I love bananas. They're all good, but that's not the right thing to put in a in oatmeal because you already got something that's going to break down the sugar. You don't want to add something else, even mm. though it's a fruit that's going to break down the sugar. But, you know, consider that how you make. And, and when I say oatmeal, I don't mean that stuff in a packet with all that other stuff in it. I mean, get you some real whole oatmeal, some steel cut oats even, and mm. think about pairing it with those nuts. If you want to sweeten it, think about using a nut butter, like a peanut butter or an almond butter, cash, cashew butter. Or, huh? Sunflower butter? Yes. Any of your nut butters, any of your mm -hmm. seed butters, any of those can work. And they have that good, wholesome sweetness. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing when it comes to a meal like that. Even though it's not all protein, know that you're going to stay nice and full throughout the day. You're going to stay nice and full throughout the day. So even if you're not eating the protein and the fat like breakfast, pairing it with that nut, that seed butter, you know, even putting berries in it if you want, you know, a little bit more sweetness, getting a wholesome meal, putting as much in it as possible. You shouldn't even eat like look like oatmeal when you're done because there's so much stuff in there. You know, doing that is like the salads. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, that's what I'm talking about. And eat. You know, with your yogurt, I love my smoothies, y'all. I yeah. do. I do. I do. But those things can be sugar bombs. Mm. You know, you get some people, they're like, yeah, I have my smoothie with my berries and my pineapple and my orange and my berries. You know, you're like, what? Where are you <laughs> you just, man. But, you know, people will be surprised to know that when I do have a smoothie, it usually looks like this. I'll have like a little Greek yogurt, a big, big handful of spinach or kale, like 10 berries, a quarter of a banana and peanut butter and chia seeds. Now mm. that's not fruity. That did that sound like a full course meal to you? Mm. That's a full course meal. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Or honestly, sometimes drinking your food, although it can be good and you can get a lot of food in it, it's not satiating because a big part of eating enjoyment and satisfaction to the brain is the act of chewing. So versus mm. putting it in a smoothie all the time, put it in a bowl and oh. eat it that way. Oh, yes, okay. a big part. Drinking. This is think about when you're drinking. A lot of people eat without even knowing it when they're drinking calories. And that includes the good stuff too. Too much of a good thing can be a problem too. Okay. So we get to touch on that in a second. Tay Little Little, yes, Tay Little has a good question. Are fresh blueberries mm -hmm. okay in oatmeal? Oh, absolutely. I love, about my yes. I love my blueberries. <laughs> yes. What else, what else can we oh, get from blueberries? Honey, blueberries. You are getting so many flavonoids. So look at blueberries, look at fruits in general and look at vegetables. The darker they are, the more the vibrant those are. I'm <laughs> telling you, the more blueberries just make you want to, whoo, damn. <laughs> they so dark and you get so much out of them because you're getting so much nutrition if you do count count calories you're not getting a lot of those in there relative to other fruits mm -hmm. and you're getting tons of what are called phytonutrients mm -hmm. phytonutrients plant-based compounds and it's a ton of them in there that act as antioxidants anti-inflammatories this is the deal what what did what I say earlier? Nourishing your body with food. When you're not thinking about calories, you're thinking about what those yummy things do for your body. And I don't care if you're fasting. If you want, if you don't want to fast, I should say, if you want to eat your blueberries in your oatmeal, eat your blueberries in your oatmeal. But I also recommend putting nuts or a nut butter in there. Again, I'm talking about pairing. Oatmeal and blueberries is excellent. Put some fat in there, and you got yourself a powerful dish. And chia seeds are a great fat to add oh to. Oh gosh, you know, you know what? Yeah. Chia seeds are so easy. Do mm. you know that chia seeds, just two tablespoons of those things have 40% of a day's worth of fiber? Mm -hmm. Two of those things, two, I'm um, two tablespoons of those things. And chia seeds, I mean, it, uh, if you can get past the fact that that's what a chia pet is, <laughs> if you don't can just get past that, that I know it messes people up. You, don't eat your chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> 
But if you could get past the fact that they look funny, because a lot of people say, oh, I don't like those chances. They look like little ants crawling in my face. You could get past that. They're very good for you. They are so chia, You know, chia seeds were medicine for a mm. long time because they do so much. And they are packed full of those phytonutrients I talk about and omega-3 fatty acids. Two tablespoons have about five grams of protein. Those mm. things are everything. What about chia versus flax seeds? Patsy has just asked that question. Very similar. Very similar. They both house omega-3 fatty acids. They both have a good amount, amount of protein and fiber. Okay. I would say, you know what? I'm going to tell you honestly, flax seeds expand a lot, <laughs> a lot more than chia seeds. So okay. for some people, I generally say, if you don't want your oatmeal to turn into something else, you know, flax seeds are probably interesting because oatmeal, fat flax seeds get in there and start kind of making your oatmeal thicker. Mm. So you'll get that nutrition, but I always find that people do better with flax seeds and smoothies and chia seeds and oatmeal. That's just mm -hmm. a texture. Okay. And I'm saying that because if you're a textural eater, like you like texture or you don't like certain textures, and I tell you to put flax seeds and oatmeal, you're going to be like, that girl told me to put this flax seed in here and my oatmeal looks like an experiment. I'm just saying it does do that. Well, we don't want that. We want them to actually enjoy the oatmeal. So exactly. What kind of food you like to consume? I do want to touch on something when it comes to um, water and hydration. How yeah. important is that when we're thinking also about just the nutrients we're putting in our bodies? Because I will be the first to say I can go an entire day without drinking water. And I know that's not good. But I know that also contributes to our all to overall health. So yes. what is your like, what is your advice on that? How do you think people should approach if they have issues with hydration? I'm going to sound like one of those books when I say we need water to live. We do. We need it. It fuels every process in the body. But here's a couple of things about water. Your body will talk to you when it comes to water. Mm -hmm. I always say we need water. And the general recommendation is eight, eight ounce cups a day. So 64 ounces a day. But mm. here's the thing that's really talked about. We also get water from food. So mm. we really calculate how much water comes from food. Here's another thing. If you drink coffee, in spite of popular belief, coffee is hydrating. It's dehydration tea, right? is hydrating at the same time. Tea, the same thing. So you do get water. Even if you don't drink pure water all the time, you may be getting water from sources that you didn't realize you're getting water from. If mm. you don't like the taste of water, of course, there's a zillion things you can do with it. You can put berries mm -hmm. in it, you can put cucumbers in it, you can put herbs in it. It really is some good stuff when you play with it like that. But what I say is rather than focusing on, you know, I'd say definitely, I will say that the professional me is going to say, try to get that eight cups in just to be safe. But if your urine is clear and it has no smell, usually you're doing something right. Mm. Even if you are, but that urine needs to be very pale yellow. It needs to be pale. It, it is, it should not be yellow it sh and it should not smell. It there should be pale. And usually when it's like that, you know, you're getting something out. But if you're dieting water, I have to say this water has very, uh, I'll say uh, dehydration. The signs of dehydration are very similar to the signs of hunger. So mm. sometimes you may not be hungry. You may be thirsty. So that's a big one with overeating. If you're not having enough water, you may not be hungry. You may be thirsty. Ooh, talk about overeating. Like, but yes. it overeating, there's emotional eating. Like, tell us about that. All of that. Yeah. So passive overeating has become increasingly widespread. Now, what is this? Passive overeating is not eating with your eyes closed or eating and not knowing you're eating. But passive overeating is simply the act of eating a diet that otherwise does not even look like much. Like mm. you say, I don't eat much. I have, you know, a meal for breakfast. I have lunch. I have dinner and I'm still gaining weight or I'm trying to lose weight and I'm not losing any. Passive overeating is simple, simply the fact that you're eating a normal diet, but you're not doing enough. Mm. So it really has nothing to do with what you're eating per se and everything to do with what you're not doing. This what is a big, doing? This is a big <laughs> one. Yeah. What are we not doing? We don't move mm. as a people. We yeah. don't move. We just don't. And, and, and I eat, look, I'm sorry. Shout out to you for that hour walk at the gym. Shout out to you. <laughs> 
you know, for your spinning sessions. Shout out for that Zumba class. But that is one hour a day. Mm. That is one hour a day. We need to move throughout the day, hmm. not just at one stint. So if you had that workout, shout out. But if you are sitting down or laying down for the rest of the day, that can lead to passive overeating. Mm. So if you're doing everything else, quote unquote, right, the sheer act of not moving enough. Again, I'm not talking about going to the gym. I'm talking about getting up and moving can lead to not just passive overeating and possibly weight gain and everything else that comes with that, but hindrance to your health. I'm not going to say sitting is the new smoking because honestly, I can't stand when people say that, <laughs> but it kind of is bad. It's not good, right? It's, mm. it's not good. We sit way too much. Here's mm. the thing that a lot of people don't talk about. Moving, moving, just the sheer act of moving actually has insulin-like effects. Now, do we all know what insulin is? Insulin is what what people take when they have diabetes in order to get that shit through. The body itself is its own insulin machine. When you move, the minute you move, insulin, it, it becomes insulin. So let's say you ate a very, let's say you ate any meal, a meal with sugar or whatever. If you think about when people have diabetes, what they take a shot after they eat certain things. Moving can have the same effect. And this mm -hmm. is his you actually have people who have diabetes and by implementing movement in place of insulin injections, they have the same exact response. So think about that. We're eating all day. We're sitting all day. Even if we work out, we need to keep doing it. In so, theory, every time you eat a meal, you need to get up and do something. Every okay. time. So what does that look like, though? Because if I'm going from a Zumba class, I'm like, oh, I'm good. That was an hour. Yeah. I'm sweating. Everything exactly. Is exactly. You're telling me that after I eat my next mm -hmm. meal, I need yeah. to do what, though? I Do I need to get do a class? What do I need no, to do? Absolutely. That's the easy part. The beautiful part is it is not a gym. We're not even talking about that. There are two different types of activity. You have that gym activity that releases those endorphins and feels you, feel, you know, has you feeling hot and cute. And then you have moving, which is mm -hmm. sometimes boring, you know, get up and just do something. So I work with a lot of executives and one of the things in a lot of companies. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I've implemented at just about every company I've worked with is wellness breaks. So during an eight hour shift, executives are required to get up at the fifth minute before mm -hmm. every hour. So like the 55th minute of every hour and walk around, go up the stairs, go to a further printer, go outside and walk around. They, even if they stay in one place, do some squats, do some, you know, lunges, do something, move mm -hmm. something. Now, if you think about that, they have, they, they get up, they move every for five minutes. That's 40 minutes of activity that they have accumulated in a day. That's not a workout. You don't have to sweat your hair out. That's not a workout. It's just moving. It's and moving. think about that. How much do you do that? When you're watching TV, I'm going to tell you what happened years ago. I was, uh, when I was hardcore. So I, I used to be pretty hardcore and always judging people. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I used to do it. And I remember when Scandal first came out. Remember Scandal? I was like, oh, yeah, all these other. women sitting down watching Scandal. And since then, they, came, they can't, they don't got time to work out. But they sit down and watch their Scandal for an hour. Then I got addicted to Scandal. Hmm. I sat there and watched it and got hooked. I created a scandalous workout. That's what I called it. I what called a, it a scandalous workout. That's right. And what Wait, we did, D Nina, you yeah. might have to come back and tell us about this scandalous workout because I feel like you're about to start a whole nother session. It wasn't nothing. It's quick. For every commercial and scandal, I did something. That's all. What did you do? I did. So first commercial break, I would do jumping jacks until it came back on. Next commercial break, I would do plank, uh, hold a plank until it came back on. Next commercial break, I would do some squats until it came back on. Next commercial break, some burpees. See where I'm going with that? I see. But what about we all watch Netflix all day for a reason? Because there's no yeah. commercial. <laughs> you right. know? So what, what about in that case? What are we supposed to do is press pause and do a jumping jack real quick? No, you can actually stand up while you watch it. <laughs> I'm not saying do this all day, Jumi. That's unrealistic. I'm not saying do this all day. But all I'm saying is take some time, at least eight hours, a, so for at least five minutes, like you did, like I said, with the work shift, mm -hmm. at least eight, eight of your hours, take five minutes in those hours and just move. And again, it doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be a burpee or a jumping jack. Just walk around and move. 
If you're at home, step outside. One of the things I have, my husband is terrible with this, but I, I'll come down after his meetings and be like, get up, get out. Mm. Just go. And he'll go and walk around our backyard. Nice. You need the vitamin D anyway. That's how yes, you absorb calcium. Yes, we do. <laughs> Well, yeah. I love that because I think it's so important to think because we when we think about working out, we're just like, oh, I got to do the long two hour workouts. That's no. what is. That's what they're promoting online. We got to go and do what do they call it? You know, beach body and stuff. All that and stuff. All that. Yeah, you, you don't have to. You honestly, yeah. you never have to do that. Yeah. If you move enough, you you you. I mean, you can do about twenty minutes of that three days a week, and that'll be enough if you move enough. I love that so much. And I really hope everybody watching hears that. And here's what Nina has been saying this whole time. Like, it's so easy for us at home to do this. And it's stuff that you can incorporate right now, which leads me into my third and final giveaway question. Remember, if you've answered all three questions by the time this show is over today, you'll be entered into our wellness giveaway where you can win one of five prize packages. After this question, I'll tell you what those prizes are. But here is our final question. What is one healthy habit you can commit to doing over the next 90 days to improve your health? Nina I has given us so much advice over the past 50 minutes. So there's got to be something. What is one healthy habit that you yourself and you can get your family to do to commit to doing over the next 90 days to improve your health? I love Who that. Let us know what it is. I personally am definitely going to try to drink more water <laughs> and think more about nutrients and less about yeah. the calories. I don't count calories, but you know, I do think about that, but I am going to yeah. think about more of the nutrients and tell us what you're going to try to do over the next 90 days to improve your health. You know, what are you going to try to do? Hmm. You know what I'm going to try to do? I'm trying going to try to get to bed before, before 1130. <laughs> because honestly, I get up at 5.30 every morning. And when my schedule picks up, I just, sometimes I just don't get to bed and I still get up and carry on. So I will honestly say, and it's funny, I said that this morning, I said, I have to get back in bed. I used to go to bed at 8.30. I'm going to start, I don't know if I can do 8.30, but I'm definitely going to try to get down before 11.30. May, 10, 10 o'clock is the first thing, but you know, I like, I like John Lemon, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's hard. So yeah. what are some key takeaways? I mean, you've given us so much, but what are what are three things that you would want to leave with our um, viewers today when it comes to their nutrition and exercise and just living healthy in general? The first thing I said it, and I, I'll say it again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. That's with exercise and that is with nutrition, especially just make very small changes that you can stick with. Pick one a week and over the over time, you'll find that you actually feel better, not just weight loss. And I'm talking about that again, but you'll actually feel better. So choose that and know that you don't have to start on a Monday. You can start tomorrow when it comes to nutrition. Number two, I want you to really focus on not just eating your food, but enjoying your food. Mm. Try something new every day. And some, I don't necessarily mean, you know, try something you don't want to eat, but find something you want to eat that's good for you. And try something new every day, even if it's a sprinkle of chia seeds on something that you normally wouldn't sprinkle them on. Mm -hmm. And number three, this is probably the most important, find ways to cope with stress. Appreciate that our stress levels can influence everything in our life. Stress is actually one of the biggest culprits behind disease. And I mean all types of disease. Stress is find ways to manage it. If your activity has to be Tai Chi or yoga or Pilates and you find that you're not stressed, and I don't just mean exercise related ones too. Sometimes there's power in sitting down and doing absolutely nothing in a quiet mm -hmm. room. So if that helps you stress less, do that. I think a couple of those giveaway gifts will let you do that. And so you know, focus on that. Focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> they might. So do y'all want to know what these giveaways are? I feel like you do. You've stuck with me this long and I really appreciate it. So let me tell you, one of the prizes is an acupuncture um, session. And that also comes with a motivational book from Angela Marie Hutchinson. 
Um, we've got two of those packages that are going out. Then we've also got another package that is a virtual, you have a virtual paint party, which is great for relaxation, just taking time off to not do anything yes. and just get creative. We've also got cooking lessons in that and a stretch room where you can get physically active in a very creative way. We've also got a spa gift card where you can just go to any spa that's in your local area and really enjoy a day of relaxation. And then we have also got our grand prize, which is a two-night getaway for two to an oceanside resort in Sayulita, Mexico. And that also comes with a gift card courtesy of blackdoctor.org. So if you have been tuning in today, you have a chance to win one of these five prize packages because I appreciate you all coming back week after week to really learn about how to live a healthier life. So make sure you share this episode, let people know that you've learned so much and that you have an opportunity to continue on your wellness journey with support from all of us. So thank you so much. For this, Absolutely. Um, I'm going to kind of peg you to come on this regularly because I feel like there's oh, yeah. so much that we can talk about. We didn't even cover, you know, we hardly got into exercise and I think that's so important too. So thank Honey, you. Honey, put me in your black book. I got you. We're gonna do this again. <laughs> We're gonna do- I need a salad next time though. I need the salad. I, you know what? I got your bowl. I have your bowl <laughs> next time. I think we'll be nice and launch. I got to come back and tell you about that too because I'm telling you, we gonna exactly. get we going to get Jumi there, y'all. I don't know, y'all. She thinks so. But that is all I have for y'all today. I will see you next week. Winners will be announced next week, so you got to come back. All right? This has been Jumping with Jumi. Thank you, Nina. And I'll see y'all again next Thursday. Take care.